ओम साम सरस्वती नमः नमस्ते नमस्ते एवरीवन दिस इवनिंग ऑन पेज 47 ऑफ द गणेश पूजा वी आर गोइंग टू बिगिन द स्टडी ऑफ गणेशस 108 नेम्स सो ओम वी बाउ टू ही हु इज द रिमूवर ऑफ ऑब्स्टिकल्स Oh we bowed and he was the king of difficulties and and the king of give difficulties gets to order the difficulties around they do what he says get out of the way they leave he says okay you can stay there a while longer they stay but he's the king he gives the order on gori putraya namaha oh we bowed and he was the son of she who is rays of light Om we bow to he was the lord of wisdom lord of the multitudes Om we bow to he who came before Kartike uh, and uh, that actually Kartike is the older brother Shamya how you explain Kartike 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 was the actually he was the the uh the son of Shiva uh he was Shivputra and shiv uh, uh upon his birth he went to the river and he took a bath in the river and he was sitting in the river on a lotus leaf and there were uh, five kritikas nakshatra from the kritika nakshatra and anyone who knows their astrology will know what the kritika nakshatra is but it is the asterism of all karma and because the the kritikas saw this baby sitting alone in the river and they all wanted to have a baby to take care of so that they took the baby back to the kritika astra uh, asterism uh, nakshatra and then they they raised him until he grew up to be a child and uh because they were the kritikas he became kartike uh and he was named after the five ladies of the asterism of course ganga came in search of the shivputra the son of shiva and she decided to stay with him to protect him and so he became the son of the five kritikas plus ganga so then everybody said i want kartike to pay attention to me and they all called upon him to pay attention at the same time so he uh, took on the form of shanmugam who became the one with six faces <laughs> and so he can look at the five kritikas plus ganga all at the same time pay attention to everybody of course uh, a little bit later as he grew up uh, then the all the gods came to the uh, uh, the kritika nakshatra and they said well, we need shanmugam we need kartike to come he is going to be the the uh dave sena he'll become the senapati uh the commander of the armies of the gods and he's the one who's going to defeat Kar- tarakashura uh the illuminator of duality 
And of course, the Kritikas were aghast. Here's my little baby. I've raised him. He's now about 10 or 11 years old. And uh, he's going to go off and fight with Ashuras because the Devas are powerless to defeat the Ashura. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's the most absurd thing I ever had. I'm not letting our kid go to go fight with Ashuras when the gods are afraid to fight with the Ashura themselves. So uh, they said no. And Ganga said, okay, it's okay. I, uh, I'm giving him uh, uh, kavach. I'm giving him a suit of armor. I'm giving him an astra, Gangastra. Uh, and she, he has the weapon of the purity and clarity of Ganga. And so uh, he was able to uh, go off. And first he went to with the gods and uh, 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 the goddesses. They all escorted him to Kailash where uh, he got to meet Parvati and Shiva. Shiva immediately recognized Kartikeya as Shiputra, my son, who was born from the sweat of my brow. No, no, from Jyoti, Targay Jyoti. From the, from the light of my third eye. And you're right, uh, Mungo was born from the, Buddha was born from yeah. the sweat. Uh, uh, he was born from the light of his Jyoti, from the, from the light of his third eye. And so uh, 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 then Parvati said, why are you recognizing this boy as your son? I don't know him. Uh, he's not, why isn't he my son too? Where has he been all this time? How have you hidden this from me? How come my son is over there being raised by Ganga and being raised by the Kritikas and he, he, now he comes to, and he's going to go off and fight with the Shuras immediately? No, I want to love my son and give him all my maternal love. And of course, uh, she did. And so uh, he, he, he is the son of she who is rays of light. He is the one who we bow to, he who came before Kartike. And I want to explain to you how he came before Kartike. Kartike was the first one born. Then uh, after defeating the Asuras and defeating Tarakasura, Kartike decided he would go to the uh, south of India. And he, he would stay with Agastyamuni. And then Parvati was all alone. And Parvati said, this is no fun. I like to be a mother. It was really fun to have. Even for a few minutes, I had a son. And now the son is going off to be with Rishis and Moonies. At first he went off to be with the Asterism and with all the Kritikas and all their karma. And then he went to Ganga and started to learn about the Vedas and Vedanta and how to be a warrior. And now he's going to Augusta Muni's ashram to learn about wisdom and learn about the wisdom of non-duality, about Advaitya philosophy. And then he, I, 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 I want to have a kid. So uh, uh, she took the sandal paste that she was going to put on her body, and she did. She put it all on her body, and then she took it all but off. Mom, my, you create me. Okay. Well, I'm doing the Sankshipta version, if you don't mind. If you want every detail in this, you'll have to tell the story yourself. It'll be much more fun. Huh? But I'm giving the abbreviated version because I still have 103 names to complete. And so if you want the complete story, please, you go right ahead. No, I'm... Go ahead. 
Okay. So then she took the sandal paste and she molded it into a Ganesh and she molded it into her son and she breathed the Pran Pratishta into her son and she was, she gave birth to Ganesh. Now the question is, how does Ganesh come before Kartike? Because Kartike was born first. And what happened was uh, Shiva called the two boys and he said, Kartike and Ganesh, I want you to get on your bahan, your, your conveyance, your carrier, and uh, I want you to circumambulate the earth. And Kartike got on his peacock, and he started flying around the earth, and Ganesh uh, started getting on his mouse. He said, hmm, I'm never going to be able to, to defeat my brother. He's flying on a peacock, and here I am on this mouse. I can't fly around the earth on a mouse? Huh? So he got down from the mouse after his brother was out of sight and he walked around his parents three times and bowed down. And his parents said, what are you doing? He said, well, if you circumambulate your parents, it's even more powerful than going around the earth. If you pay respect to your parents and you show them the, 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 the respect and the grace, the, the honor that you have received from being a child of such parentage, then they, they get the respect. It's more powerful than going around the earth. Narad Muni came and agreed with him. So therefore, uh, Ganesh came first. And because he came first, he got to marry uh, the, his wives, uh, Riddhi and Siddhi, or some say Buddhi and Siddhi. Uh, so that was the reason why Ganesh came first, because he circumambulated the, the earth. Uh, he circumambulated the parents while Kartike went around the whole earth. We bow to he who is the unchangeable one. We bow to he who is the son, he's Putra, he's not the S-U-N, he's the S-O-N. He, we bow to he who has ability, we bow to he who resides in the now. We, we bow to he who is the beloved of the twice born, and you know everyone who is born twice, they are born once from the womb of mother and once from the womb of wisdom, and then they become dwicha, and they become vested with the sacred thread. We bow to he who pierces the womb of fire. Our Agni Garv Chid, Chidhe, the Chidin Korte. Uh, we bow to he, to he upon whom Indra bestows the highest respect. We bow to he who gives all sound. We bow to he who is the unchangeable one. We bow to he who bestows all attainments of perfection. Sarva Siddhi Pradaya. We bow to he whose entire body is completely reborn. We bow to he who is beloved by the lit starlit night. We bow to he who is the intrinsic soul of all, Sarva Atmakaya. He is the, the embodiment of the soul of, of, of everything. We bow to he who conducts creation, we bow who, or to he who is the shining one, the God. 
We bow to he who gives many offerings. We bow to he who is the consciousness of infinite goodness. We bow to he who is pure. We bow to he who is the beloved of intelligence. We bow to he who is peace. We bow to he who moves in consciousness. We bow to he who has the face of an elephant. We bow to he who has two mothers. And actually he has six mothers and two mothers and many mothers. He, he has the two mothers uh, of, of uh, the uh, manifested existence and that which is beyond manifested existence. He has the mother of Ganga and Parvati. He has the six mothers uh, or the five mothers of the Kritikas, which made him Kartike, and then he became Shanmugan, which he added uh, Ganga to his sixth, as his sixth mother, then he added Parvati as his seventh mother, and he has two mothers, which is the earth and the divine. We bow to he whose praise is sung by Munis. We bow to he who destroys all obstacles for devotees. We bow to he who has one tooth. We bow to he who has four arms. We bow to he who is the four. All the four. Dharma, uh, Dharma Artha, Kam, Moksha, Chatur, Bharga, all the fours. We bow to he who is united with energy. We bow to he who has a big belly. We bow to he whose ears are like a winnowing fan. We bow to he who takes away. We bow to he who is the ambassador of consciousness. We bow to he who is time. We bow to he who is the lord of the cosmos or the lord of all planets. We bow to he who is the embodiment of desire. We bow to he whose three eyes are the moon, the sun, and the fire. We bow to he who holds the net and the curved sword. And remember the sword of wisdom and the net of unity. We bow to he who gets angry. He gets angry with all of those, all of us who do stupid things all the time and refuse to listen and refuse to obey our moms. If we obey our mom and do what she says, we'll probably go on the right path. We bow to he who is beyond quality. And he's gunatit. He's beyond all qualities. He is nirgun, or be, uh, above and beyond all the attributes or all the qualities. Niranjana, we bow to he who is spotless and pure. We bow to he who is spotless without stain. We bow to he who, who himself is perfect. We bow to he whose arms and legs are worshipped by siddhas, by attained beings. If you're in the know, you worship Ganesh. We bow to he whose energy transforms a seed into a fully ripened fruit. We bow to he who gives boons. We bow to he who gives boons again. We bow to he who performs karma. We bow to he who is the beloved of the twice born. We bow to he who is free from fear. We bow to he who holds the club. We bow to he who holds the discus. We bow to he who bends the bow of sugar cane. He shoots his arrows of sweetness. 
His sankalpa, it takes aim with sweetness. It's always a joy and a delight to perform sankalpa with Ganesh. We bow to he who gives the highest respect. We bow to he who is unborn. We bow to he who is the maker of flowers. We bow to he who is the Lord of the highest respect. We bow to he who is the recipient of all songs. And he's also gladdened by all songs. And he's, he's really happy to listen to the song. We bow to he who distinguishes different communities. And we bow to he whose hair is matted. And we bow to he who is the destroyer of the darkness of Kali, the age of darkness, or the dark age. We bow to he who wears the moon as a gem in his crown. We bow to he who is beautiful. Thank you, Kanta. We bow to he who takes away sin. We bow to he who unites all. We bow to he, who, uh, he, he upon whom all are dependents. We bow to he who causes the ultimate prosperity. We bow to he who is beautiful. We bow to he who gives certainty to devotees. We bow to he who is peace. We bow to he who gives unlimited comfort. We bow to he who divides the infinite existence, consciousness, and bliss. Satchit Ananda. We bow to he who is the wise one. We bow to he who gives compassion. We bow to he who has great teeth. We bow to he who prohibits the hatred of supreme divinity. Deva Dwesh, Vivarjitai, he prohibits the Vivarjit, Deva Dwesh, Brahma Dwesh. Uh, Brahma Dvesha, any enmity with the supreme divinity is prohibited. We bow to he who gives excess fear to the forces of duality. We bow to he who has a beautiful throat. We bow to he who is the all-pervading Lord. We bow to he who offers with delight. We bow to he who is worshipped. We bow to he who gives the sacred thread to the king of the city. Uh, remember, the city is the city of nine gates. Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine. And the nine, the king of the city of nine gates is the, is the Jivatma, the individual soul who is the dweller in the city. Uh, we bow to he who has a great throat. <clears throat> we bow to he who does himself. We bow to he who loves songs. We bow to he who is beyond. We bow to he who has a great snout oh, or a trunk, or what, you, what you call the elephant snout. Yeah, he's got a big nose. Sticks in everybody's business. We bow to he who is the foremost. We bow to he who is constant. We bow to he who is the perceiver of all vibrations. We bow to he who is the giver of all attainment. Siddhi Dayakaya. We, he, he gives all the siddhis. We bow to he who loves durva grass and build the leaves. We bow to he who is indistinguishable, infinite image. Uh, he's the murti of abhyakta. Vyakti is individual, abhyakta is infinite. 
We bari he was the incredible image, abhut murti We bari he was excellent thoughts or playing with the mountain king, with Lord Shiva, the, who sits on Kailash. And some of these are really fun, especially as they come in composition, but in Namkaran, they're even more exciting to try. Om Sailendra Tanujot Sankela Nod Sukamanasaya Namaha. Om, we bow to he whose own charm extends the distribution of your desire. Salamdhya Guda Sudad Sarajita Manmahubi Grahaya Namaha. Oh, and we bow to he who supports all the world. Samasta Jagadadaraya Namaha. Oh, my name Namaha. We bow to he who measures or he who is the measurement of all. We bow to he who rides on a mouse. We bow to he who is thrilled with joy. We bow to he who is satisfied. We bow to he whose soul is delighted. Oh, we bow to he who is the bestower of all attainments of perfection. And Om, that is the end. And that's the 108 names of Ganesh. And now we're going to recite his uh, pranam with a broken or a bent tusk, a great body shining like a million suns. Make us free from all obstacles, O oh God. Always remain with us in all actions. With one tooth, a great body, a big belly, and an elephant's face, he is the God who destroys all, all obstacles to whom we are bowing down with devotion. Various flowers, such as malika and others of excellent scent. That is, malika is this little white flower with a five-pointed star. It's malika adi, sugandhi di. It's a beautiful little flower, and with these various flowers, a very fragrant flower of excellent scent, are being offered to you, our Lord. All these flowers have come from the devotion of our hearts for your worship. Be pleased to accept them. With these scented flowers, oh, we bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitudes. And now we're going to say, 108 times Om Gam Namaha Om we bow to the Lord of Wisdom Lord of the multitudes and now let's make our offerings to Ganesh the Puja Naivedya and now we'll take these next offerings and collect them in a katori or in a little bowl or some vessel in front of the murti. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer these foot bath waters and we wash your feet. Oh, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, the Lord of the multitudes, and offer this milk for your bath. Oh, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer this yogurt or this curd for your bath. Oh, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer this ghee for your bath. Oh, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer this honey for your bath. Oh, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom and the Lord of the multitudes, and offer this sugar for your bath. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and stir it all together, mix it all up, and we offer these five nectars for your bath. The milk is in infinite consciousness.
And the yogurt is congealed. It's the form of consciousness. It's finite consciousness. It's the jivatma in relation to the paramatma. And the, yo the, the ghee is, grit means illumination. We illuminate, we offer our illumination of the jivatma, the individual soul, and the in union with the paramatma, the supreme soul. And that is uh, symbolized by ghee. We offer the honey, which is nourishment, and the sugar, which is sweetness. And we give you the sweetness and nourishment of the illumination of the individual soul in the perfect harmony with the supreme soul and offer these five nectars for your bath. Om, we wash it all off and offer. Om, we bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitudes and offer these bath waters. Om, especially Gangasnan, the waters of purity, the waters of clarity. Remember, Brahma said, Ganga, we need you on earth now. You've got to wash away the sins of all humanity. And Ganga said, when I wash away the sins of all humanity, I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to get defiled. No one will like to sit with me. How will I get clean? And Brahma said, as many sadhus as come and sit on the banks of the Ganga and chant the, the scriptures and do jop and do tap, they will purify your waters and you will always be pure. So Ganga is the river of purity. She stands for the ira. She flows through the shushumna. She brings the purity and the clarity to all the chakras and she causes that illumination. We wash off all the goopies. Your milk, yogurt, ghee, honey, and sugar. All of that we clean with the purity of Ganga Snanam. Only bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer this wearing apparel. Only bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and offer this Rudraksha. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer this shindur, this red-colored powder. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer this sandal paste. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer these grains of rice. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer this garland of flowers. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer this presentation of food. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, and offer this drinking water. Om, we bow to the, with these scented flowers. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes. And now we offer our job. Om, we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes, 108 times. And now we bow down to you again with a broken or bent tusk, a great body shining like a million suns. Make us free from obstacles. Oh God, always remain with us in all actions. With one tooth, a great body, a big belly, and an elephant's face. He is the God who destroys all obstacles to whom we are bowing down with devotion. Various flowers such as Malika and others of excellent scent are being offered to you, our Lord. All these flowers have come from the devotion of our hearts for your worship. Be pleased to accept them with these scented flowers. Only oh, bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitude. 
And let's continue with the closing prayer. The reliever of difficulties, exposer of goodness, cause of peace, infinite consciousness beloved by knowers of consciousness, all the inhabitants of all the worlds always bow to her, and I am bowing to goodness itself. Welfare, radiant beauty, completely pure, without limitations, the ultimate limitation, the Lord of the universe, the mother of the universe to you, Chandi, to the energy which tears apart thought, I bow in submission. Composed of all of the gods, remember in chapter 2, all the gods put forth our lights, and we all, all the lights united into one light of radiant splendor. Composed of all of the gods, removing all sickness and fear, Brahma, Maheshwar, and Vishnu bow down to her, and I always bow down to the energy of infinite goodness. The dwelling place of knowledge residing in knowledge, resident in the place of divine illumination, the cause of union, the knower of union, to the energy which tears apart thought, we constantly bow. The mother of the supreme consciousness, the goddess who is the supreme consciousness, beloved by the supreme consciousness, we always bow to Durga, the reliever of difficulties who takes aspirants across the difficult sea of objects and their relationships. Om, the great God, the great reliever, the great yogi, O Supreme Lord, O God who removes all sin in the form of the letter Ma, which dissolves creation, O-U-Ma, we bow to you again and again. Om, I bow to the consciousness of infinite goodness, to peace, to the cause of the three worlds. I offer to you the fullness of my soul, O Supreme Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. You alone are mother and father. You alone are friend and relative. You alone are knowledge and wealth. Oh my God of gods, you alone are everything. Body, speech, mind, the five organs of knowledge, the five senses, and the intellect, these nine, these nine are the natural condition of human existence in their highest evolution. I move beyond them all as I surrender completely to the Supreme Consciousness. Oh, my amen of sin, confusion, and duality. My actions are of duality. This entire existence is of duality. Oh, Savior and Protector, oh, Great Consciousness, take away all sin, confusion, and duality. Oh, I know nothing of mantras. I do not perform good conduct. I have no devotion. Oh, Supreme Goddess, but oh my goddess, please accept the worship that I offer. You alone are the perceivable supreme divinity. You alone are the perceivable supreme divinity. So I shall declare, I shall speak the nectar of immortality. I shall speak truth. 
May this body be your instrument. May this mouth be your instrument. May the divine always be with us. May it be thus. Oh, may the Lord protect us. May the Lord grant us enjoyment of all actions. May we be granted strength to work together. May our studies be thorough and faithful. May all disagreements cease. Om, from the untruth lead us to truth. From darkness lead us to the light. From death lead us to immortality. Om, may all be blessed with the highest realization. May all be blessed with peace. May all be blessed with perfection. May all be blessed with welfare. May all be blessed with comfort and happiness. May all be free from misery. May all perceive auspiciousness. May all be free from infirmities. The Guru is Brahma. Guru is Vishnu. Guru is the Lord Maheshwara. The Guru is actually the Supreme Divinity and therefore we bow down to the Guru. Om the Supreme Divinity makes the offering. The Supreme Divinity is the offering offered by the Supreme Divinity in the fire of the Supreme Divinity. By seeing the Supreme Divinity in all actions, one realizes the Supreme Divinity. Om, that is whole and perfect. This is whole and perfect. From the whole and perfect, the whole and perfect becomes manifest. If the whole and perfect issue forth from the whole and perfect, even still, only the whole and perfect will remain. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Peace, Peace, Peace. Om Tham Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Let's pause here tonight and see if there are any questions. We have a question from Kyle in Los Angeles. Namaste, Kyle Baba. Pranam. Can you please tell me why he is called he who does himself and he who pierces the womb of fire? Thank you. Uh, he who does himself, he himself is the doer. He does everything. He is the performer of all actions. So that's the meaning of he who does himself. And the other one, uh, he who is, uh, pierces the womb of fire? Yeah, he who pierces the womb. Uh, he who pierces the womb of fire, the womb of fire is the fire is the is the purifier. It is the illuminator. It is the the everything that you can have impure earth. You can have stagnant water. You can have foul air or polluted air pollution. And, but you cannot have impure fire. And he pierces the womb of fire. He enters into infinite consciousness through the womb of purity. So if you follow the, the fire, the purifier, into its womb from whence it emanates, it, 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 is, it takes birth from the bindu, so if you follow the fire into the bindu and the bindu into infinite consciousness, that's where Ganesh has his 
his root, his origin, is in infinite consciousness. And that's the meaning of the name. We have a question? Yes, please. Uh, no, number 24, or 64, distinguishes different communities. What does that mean? Uh, he, he gives each community or each family its own attributes, its own upadis, its own characteristics. So each community, for example, you have, uh, in the Muslim community, you have Sunnis and Shias who are constantly arguing, but they each have their own upadis, their own characteristics, their own qualities. Uh, amongst the Hindu communities, you have the followers of Shiva, the followers of Shakti, the followers of Vishnu, the followers of Ganesh, the followers of the sun and the nine planets. Those are all separate communities. Uh, amongst the, the uh, Dashnami communities, you have the uh, Bharati, Giri, Saraswati, Ban, Aranya, Parva, Tirth, Nagar, Nath, and, uh, mm, well, that's close enough. You have, uh, just that, that demonstrates how many different communities there are that made a tribe uh, following this philosophy or following that attribute. They, he distinguishes all the communities. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Samantha. Yes, Samantha, namaste. Namaste. What is the meaning of he who is beloved by the starlit night? <laughs> Ganesh, the starlit night is the night of infinite consciousness with the illumination of all the, all the stars and that infinite darkness, that infinite night, which is twinkling with the beauty of the stars at the night. They're all in love with Ganesh. Parshway nakshatrani rupam ashvina vyatam ishnan 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 sarvalokam ishana who at his sides the stars are twinkling in the darkness of night oh my lord oh supreme lord saw all the existence is my god yes we have a question from Sadhana Shakti. Namaste, Sadhana Ma. Can you please speak a little more about Brahmacharine, he who moves in consciousness? I know it means more than just celibacy. Oh, absolutely. Celibacy is the smallest part of Brahmachari. Brahma is supreme divinity, and char means who moves. And brahmachari is someone who moves with the supreme divinity, or moves in the supreme divinity, or moves towards the supreme divinity. It's locative. <laughs> so you can't say what it is. It's on, in, or above, or below, on top of, above. I got that. Anyway, it's locative case. So, Brahmacharini, someone who moves with God, someone who moves in God, someone who moves towards God, someone who moves, uh, moves God. Now, amongst the four ashrams, Brahmachari is one uh, of the ashrams. It is the first ashram where someone who moves towards God becomes a student Learning, how do I make my contribution to this world? What will, I, what will be my main contribution to this world? And we learn that. And in generally speaking, student life... Now let's talk historically, not hysterically, but historically students were unmarried. And because they were unmarried, they abstained from sexual relationships. 
This is olden times. <laughs> I mean, they, they, we're not talking about modern uh, America. We're talking about olden customs where the girls studied here and the boys studied there. And, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of relationship between the sexes. And even after marriage, the girl came to the joint family and the mother-in-law would say, okay, now you guys, this couple gets the room tonight. And then the boys slept all together and the girls slept all together. And one couple every now and then got to have the private room because <laughs> they just didn't have a bedroom for every individual in the olden times. So generally speaking, they said brahmachari means someone who is learning, a student, moving towards God, learning how to make their contribution, designing their plan of life, figuring out what they want to become when they grow up. How are they going to manifest the greatness of God through their activities? And they generally practice celibacy just as a fact of life. It wasn't important. It's my theory that all of the sadhus who practiced brahmachari didn't have children. In fact, the more sexual energy one it felt, one experienced, one, the more desire that an individual had, the more children they made. So through the process of natural selection, this desire was transmitted to the following generation. The people who had very little desire or no desire didn't procreate. Only the people who had lots of desire procreated a lot. So the desire got stronger and stronger in each succeeding generation. So that now we consider sexuality as one of the natural appetites of human beings. Well, in the olden times, it was one of the functions that couples performed together for the, for the preservation of the species. It wasn't for the pleasure and the desire of the individual. So all of those sadhu-type people, boys and girls, who didn't have strong sexual urges, didn't procreate. Only the ones with strong sexual urges made children and they passed on that sexual sexuality to the offspring and through the processes of natural selection, they weeded out all the brahmachari or most or many of the brahmachari types uh, who didn't want to have any sex. They just didn't have children. Oh, over thousands of years of this conduct, then the succeeding generations had greater sexual desire, and it, then when we said brahmacharya, it meant no sex. It meant celibacy. But celibacy was the smallest part of brahmacharya. Brahmacharya meant moving with God, moving towards God, learning about God, learning about life, learning how do I want to make my contribution to life, learning what is my purpose here, what am I going to do when I grow up, what am I going to become when I become a human being, what's going to happen, how am I going to make this world a better place because of my having been here, what am I going to give to society. 
That's what, what Brahmachari was. Grahasta, griha, avasta, iti grahasta, whoever sat under a roof. Now, it could have been a Brahmachari sitting under a roof if he takes care of the roof. He's a grahasta. I, if I sit under your roof for a couple of days, okay, I'm a, I'm a guest. And nine Durgas, one of them are Brahmachari. Excuse me, ma'am? Nine Durgas, one of them are Yes, Dviti on Brahmachari ni. Yeah, she is one of the nine forms of Durga. She who resides in sacred study. So you first you get Shraddhaputri, the goddess of inspiration, and second you get Brahmacharini, who is the goddess of study of sacred knowledge. She teaches you how to inculcate and study and learn and, and imbibe and inculcate and live with sacred knowledge. And the delight of practice. Now I got this knowledge and I got this, I got inspired, I started to learn. I started to learn, I'm going to practice. How am I going to use this knowledge when I get out there in the world and figure out how I'm going to make my contribution? How will this knowledge help me make my contribution? What can I use from this knowledge? How can I employ it? And Kushmanda is the fourth of the goddess, and she purifies, she adds heat, she makes it paka, she gives tapasya, she makes it pure, she makes it clear, I'm free from mistake, I don't have any confusion, I know where I'm going, I know how I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. right. So it, that's how Brahmacharini, or the vow of Brahmachari, fits into the equation of what do you do with your inspiration? It's not about practicing celibacy. It's about having a pure heart and a pure mind and knowing where you're going and what you want to do. Next, we have a question from Ambika about names 51 and 52. Vodadaya and Shashvataya. Yes. Do they have a subtle difference in meaning? Because they are both written as he who gives boons. Yes, they do have a, 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 a very subtle, different meaning. Uh, it's so subtle, it's difficult to explain in English. But that shashwat is actual. And it's the... Mm, and eternal. Eternal. Shashwat is eternal, and it's actual, and it's everlasting, and it's a, it's a boon. And Bordaya, Bordan, there are many kinds of balloons that you get. I mean, a lot of the balloons, a lot of the Asuras did to Pashyam, said, I want to be eternal. And Brahma said, uh, no, that's not possible. I can't give you the bone. It's not mine to give. I can give you a bone that you'll, you can't be killed outside, you can't be killed inside, I can give you, you can't be killed in the night, you can't be killed in the day, you can't be killed with a weapon, you can't be killed with, I can give you those bones, but I can't make you eternal. Now, Shashwat means I'm, it's eternal. I give you the boon of eternality, it's an eternal boon. And that would be the, the subtle distinction. We have a question from Srini. Namaste, Mr. Srini Baba. 
What is the weapon to destroy laziness and instill discipline? <laughs> Whoa! Please, when you find it, send me a copy. <laughs> if you can email it, I'll be very pleased, Mr. Srini Baba. Uh, Srini, I think the first, the first in the, we were just talking about the nine Durgas, and the first thing is an inspiration. And when I get inspired, I forget the time and I put my nose to the grindstone and I do the job until it's done perfectly. And I pay attention, I fall in love, and when I'm in love and I'm inspired, there's just nothing I wouldn't do. I mean, I'm going to do it until I can't do it anymore. And I think that's the only way to shake myself out of my lethargy and my laziness and my stupidity and my attachment to, oh, poor me, I don't know what to do. When I get inspired, when I get turned on, I fall in love and I gotta make that love manifest, even if it means chopping wood and carrying water, digging ditches, or or building a Davy Munder, driving the, the the bulldozer, or running the backhoe, or or being I got to be the swami because I was the only one who could fix the toilet. I was a plumber. Then they made me a swami. So the, the idea that when you're in love, I think love is the only weapon with which you can combat that laziness. Otherwise, you can just lay around and say, wow, look at that swami work. Isn't that fun to watch? It's, it's all too easy just to become a spectator. But to really jump in and become a participant, you need the Sridhaputri's grace. You get the, the inspiration. You fall in love. You cultivate that love and fear. Uh, now, your job as a teacher is not to give information. Your job is to give inspiration. If you could give them inspiration, they'll give you the perspiration and they will learn the material themselves. All your required to do is to inspire them to turn on your class. You can stand up and jump up and down and stand on your head and, and do whatever you need to do, but your job is just to inspire your class. They'll do the learning themselves. If you shovel the information down their throats so that they can regurgitate it back on an examination, I hardly call those educated students. Oh, the students that really get an education are those who got the inspiration and they got turned on, they got inspired and they fell in love and they went and they cultivated, they loved you, they loved the teacher, they loved the material because it was important to you, it was important to them and then they cultivated that knowledge and made it their own. And that's the only way I know of unfortunately. If you find another way, please let me know immediately. I'm in desperate need of that weapon by which I can wake up the lazy people and make them want to, want to get to work. We have a question from Sharanya. Namaste, Sharanya. Namaste. What does name 53, he who performs karma mean? Does this mean Ganesh will assist us in getting rid of negative karmas? Oh, it means he performs all karma. Just, just get out of the way. <laughs> just make your sharanya in Ganesh. Take refuge in Ganesh. 
Take refuge in Ganesh and let him use your fingers and use your hands and use your body and you can, he will work through you. He is the performer of all karma. I am the car and you are the driver just as you drive, just so I run. I think that's what it means, Saranya. He, he does all the karma. Still people say, I have done. No! He did it! We have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste, Swarupananda! Name 90. Name 90. Name 90. He who loves songs. How exactly do songs and singing help enhance our awareness of God? Oh, so many ways! Do you know, even, I'm not a good singer, but. <laughs> It, it's not about being a good singer. It's not even about being melodious. It's not even about being on key. And it's not being about playing an instrument. But if you can love the song, then Ganesh will love you. If you fall in love with the song and you're breathing according to the phrasing of the song and you're thinking about the meaning and you're communicating with Ganesh and you're giving to him the best that you possibly can do, he loves your effort. So you're in harmony with your song. Ganesh is in harmony with you. And he loves your songs. Just listen to Ma sing. She she can melt the, she can, she, she can break glass. She melts the ice. <laughs> the, the grass bows down when she walks on it. She just has that bravo, that feeling, that, that sincerity, that intimacy, that purity, that truth, which comes through her song and she's breathing the song and she's loving the song and she's loving God by means of love of the song and God cannot help but speak through her. I contrast that with this rock and roll Swami who is singing rock and roll. That's true. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. But I, I, at least I get to lift up my heart. I get to rejoice. Aremush, lift up your hearts. We have a question from Samantha. Yes, Samantha, namaste. What is the symbolism of the club? The club is the articulation of mantras. Every time you sing a mantra, say a mantra, you beat the asuras over the head with the club. You just knock them for a loop. Samantha, every time you say the mantra, you just, every ashura, every negative thought that tries to come at you, you're just like Ganesh banging him on the head. Get out of my jurisdiction. I've got this old, my own paradigm going on here. You negativities are not invited. 
And that's how the club works. It's the club of articulation, and you articulate your mantras in recitation. And as you do japa, you've got this deep, deep sincerity. You've got the asan, you've got the pranayam, you've got the mudra, you've got the kriya, you've got the mantra, you've got the meaning, you've got the vyakaran, the grammar, the ucharan, the pronunciation, the darsham shastra. You've got the philosophy, and you're saying it, remembering the context and the and the Sahitya and the literature and the history and you put it all together with one padoti, with one system of worship and you are tantric. You are weaving together all the knowledge from all the disciplines, from all the studies in which you have engaged as a brahmachari, as someone who is a student moving towards God. Now every time you get it right, you hit another Asura over the head. And believe me, when those Asuras get hit strong enough and hard enough and long enough and more, more frequently sufficient with sufficient frequency, they don't want to come back and bug you anymore. They just want to go away and leave you alone. The time will come in your puja, Samantha, when you hit those Asuras once and for all and they refuse to return. <laughs> Namaste. We have a question from Pushpa. Namaste Pushpa Ma! What time are we doing Ganesh Puja on Sunday? <laughs> I think probably will be very early in the morning. Very early in the morning! Early in the morning, <laughs> round the break of day, I ask the Lord, help me find my way! <laughs> early in the morning. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti. Namaste Sadhana. The last verse on page 67 says, I have heard also Nirvignam Kurumidiva. Yes, yes, explain yes. this? Yes. There are many, 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 uh, uh, many, many variations Same in the mountains. It, Nirvignam means no Vigna. And avigna means no vigna, and it it's grammatically correct either way, and so you can choose. You understand, and please, you can read our book on pronunciation in the Chandi Samputs. We give a history of how these mantras were collected and how they were written down all into the same alphabets and collected from various regions of India, which were passed down by Shruti from guru to disciple through that beautiful recitation which Vivek sent to me with repeating again and again the various syllables and putting them all together into words and putting the words all together into mountain uh, mantras and mountains of mantras and putting all the mantras together into shlokas and putting all the shlokas in, together into stutis and putting all the stutis together into a puja padoti and in this way they were all combined and they were all passed down orally from guru to disciple from generation to generation and then it came to us, and they are written in many different ways. It doesn't matter. Choose one of them. Choose both of them. Choose them all. Learn them. Learn what they're saying. Try to understand the subtle distinctions between Nirvignam and Avignam. 
as much as you need to. And then one day it'll, you'll get that understanding that it'll dawn upon you, the realization that it doesn't make a bit of difference. If you want to chop logic with logicians, go ahead and debate with all of the grammatical scholars. You can go and debate whether it's near vignum or abignum. Otherwise, you can get into the bhavana and the feeling and the intensity of reality and cultivate your relationship with God and enjoy the love affair. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Jai Ganesh. Namaste.